I am so grateful for the presence of God. You know, if there's, if there's one, <laughs> you guys, man. <laughs> People have been off work for a couple of days. They're like, woo, <laughs> I love it. Some of you have been reading through the book of Acts, right? Amen. That's what we want. I was praying the other day, and uh, I'm reading through the one-year Bible and got past the, the passage where King Solomon has become king, and, you know, you're following in the footsteps of David. Can you imagine, like, being the king after David? And God gives Solomon a dream, and in the dream he says, ask me for what I'll, whatever you ask for, I'll, basically I'll give it to you. You know, what do you want, Solomon? What do you want? And uh, so I was meditating on that and thinking about that, and I was thinking about in the context of the church, and by the way, I just really appreciated that prayer. Thank you for praying that over me. I, by the way, I'm, I'm a sheep too. <laughs> we're, we're all sheep together, and there's one good shepherd and uh, we're following him, and, and I understand there's an awesome and incredible stewardship of, of leading a church. But in the context of a church, I just felt like the question was, what, what do you want? Like, when it comes to church, to chant, like, what do you want for this church? And um, it was just immediate. I want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God, would you pour out your Spirit on all people I want our sons and daughters to prophesy. I want our young men and young women to see visions and our old men and old women to dream dreams. And that it wouldn't matter the economic class or educational level or any of that stuff would not even matter that God would pour out his spirit. You know, God promised that in the Old Testament in Joel chapter 2 and he promises it in the New Testament in Acts chapter 2. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just praying that every day, God, pour out your spirit. We're living in such dark, chaotic times. The only answer, the only answer is an awakening. The only answer is a revival. The only answer is the Holy Spirit being poured out, signs and wonders accompanying the preaching of God's word. And uh, we all know people in our lives that we just go, I don't see them ever, ever coming to Jesus. But you know what? People said that about the Apostle Paul back when he was called Saul. And uh, we know that God can do all things. And so it's happening, by the way. Listen, it's happening around the world. In Muslim nations, I just got a, I just got a letter from a missionary this week. We're way off script. That's all right. Um, and uh, a, a woman who was going to do a suicide bombing in a village, and sh- before she could do the suicide bombing, she got deathly sick. And... and she had a vision while she was sick, and it was Jesus. She didn't know it was Jesus. And he was saying, I want you to serve me. And so she came out of this vision, and she was totally well, found the only person that she knew of that, that was a follower of Jesus, told them about it. They led her to Christ. And then God led her to go to a militia leader. And it's a whole crazy thing how she even got access to him. I mean, it was like a book of Acts thing of God just opening gates after gates after gates for her to go to this militia leader. And everyone said, he's not going to listen to you. He's going to kill you. You can't, you can't go to him. He's going to kill you. And she went to him, and he said, I just had a dream last night. And, and a man in white appeared to me and said a woman was going to come share, share a message. And uh, God, God's doing this stuff around the world. Yeah. 
Give God glory. He's, and some of you, I know some of you are sitting here right now, and your weird meter was tripped a half an hour ago. They're like, what kind of place did I walk into? See, we just believe God is real. We're not going to do pretend religion where we say the right things, but we don't actually believe any of it. Like, we, we believe the word of God is true, that God is real, that he's not far away and distant, that he's closer than our breath. Give me just a second to finish this statement or I'll totally forget it. I'll get to you. And, uh, and, and that this stuff that we read in the Bible, that is for us. It didn't, it didn't go away. It didn't disappear. The Holy Spirit didn't dissipate. So, Steve, what were you about? If I want you, I will have you. You cannot run from me, Jonah. Yeah. So there it is. There it is, right? So I would just say, just give in. And, and uh, yeah. Joy. I have just had in my heart for so, for quite a long time, that us Christians that have been Christians for a long time, we need to get up off our butt and get up on our knees and start doing the word that we've been taught and not being afraid to come out and cast out devils and, you know, speak, speak the name of Jesus because I just feel like we're sitting back waiting for things to happen or waiting for other people to do it. And we've got that word in us. All that word that's in us, it'll come out. We just need, mm. need to do it and open Amen. our mouth and be obedient to God. Amen. I don't, you know, I don't want us to just be in the middle of the word. I want the meat. I want the meat, so we have to do that individually. And I love what John Wimber says, the meat is in the street. Every time the Word of God talks about meat, it's in talking about the application of God's Word. And so the meat, the meat isn't knowing more Greek or knowing more Hebrew. The meat is in the street. The meat is in taking God's Word, whatever level of education you have of the Word of God, and practicing it and doing it. And when we do it, lights out. All right, so... uh, People watching online, you look so confused at what's going on because we haven't been miking any of this. And so, you know, I'll just say this. If you've just gotten used to watching online, you need to start coming back. Now, some, some, listen, before we go too crazy, some people are legitimately watching because they can't be here. And we honor you and we love you and we bless you. But if you've just been watching, you're missing out. If you can be here and you're choosing to watch online instead, you're missing out. If you're on vacation, we love you. We know you'll be back here anyhow, so. Oh, gosh. You can email me because I'm not checking my email for the next month, so. (laughs) Closing it out this afternoon. (laughs) You better get it in quick. All right. What do we need to let you know about? Connection cards. Do the connection cards. Listen, serve day is coming up, and by the way, we've been announcing this, but some of you, it just seems so far away. It is literally a week from this Saturday. It's serve day, July 16th, and uh, if you're going to be there, we need you to register because we need to know how many people to prepare for and how many projects to say yes to. We don't want to say no to projects because we don't have people registering and then have a whole bunch of people show up that day. So um, let's, let's be people who can, we live in a culture where nobody wants to commit. As followers of Jesus, let's just say instead of waiting for something better, well, I don't want to commit because if some, what if something better comes? It's a morning, it's three to four hours. If you're available, just go to our app, go to the events, sign up, or if you can't, 
If you don't have the app, go to our website, explorejourney.org. Go to the events. You'll see Serve Day, and you can sign up for that. Again, that's Saturday, July 16th. It's in the morning. It's going to be three or four hours that morning. All the details are there. Um, yeah, that's good. We're in a series <laughs> called Running from God. And we're in the third and final week of this series, and we're looking through the book of Jonah. Some of you didn't even know that there's an actual book in the Bible. It's in, it's in our actual Bibles. This isn't in the Apocrypha. This is in our actual Bibles, a book called Jonah. It's four chapters long. Two weeks ago, we looked at Jonah chapter 1, and in the first two verses of chapter 1, God gives Jonah an undeniable command, very simple. You can tweet it. It's found in verse 2. Go to Nineveh and pronounce my judgment upon Nineveh. That's, that's it. And Jonah doesn't like this command. He doesn't like this word from God. He thinks he knows better than God. And by the way, we can't judge him too harshly because we have all been there, right? And since he didn't like God's command and he didn't think God knew what he was doing, Jonah decided that he was going to go in the opposite direction and he, he became a runner. He decided he was going to run from God. But listen, you can run from God, but you can't outrun God. You can't outrun him. He, he's going to be, every place you go, he's going to be there. And, and his, his point isn't to get you, his point isn't to get you back. He wants to win you back. So Jonah, Jonah gets on a ship and gets on the, the furthest sailing route that you could possibly take in the world at that point. And he heads away and God brings a storm to get his attention. And long story short, they throw him into the sea. And in the last verse of chapter 1, he gets swallowed by a large fish and in chapter 2, which we looked at last week, he begins to pray because if you were thrown into the sea and got swallowed by a large fish, you would start praying too. I don't care what denomination you're from or maybe you're atheist or agnostic. You would start praying if you were in the belly of a large fish. And he starts praying. And, and what we learned last week is that when you pray, if you're a runner, if you're running from God and you turn to God and you start praying, you can be guaranteed of several things. You can be guaranteed, we learned this in chapter 2, that God hears you, God sees you, God corrects you because God loves you. That's what we learned last week. And so if you're running from God, I, maybe you're in this room and God's gotten your attention this morning. I want you to know you can cry out to him. You're not too far gone. doesn't matter what you did last night or what you did last week. God loves you. And if you will cry out to him, he will hear you. He sees you. He will correct you because he loves you. And so now we find ourselves in Jonah chapter 3. And we're going to begin with verse 1. Everybody with me? Yes. Let's go. Verse 1, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Verse 3, This time. Would you just circle those two words? This time. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. Can I just say something about obedience? Delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. When God calls us, he wants immediate obedience and he wants complete obedience. This is what God is wanting from us. Let's keep going. Verse 4, on the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds and he delighted in this. Let me tell you, he loved this. Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's it. <laughs> gives them no hope. Gives them no, like, how to turn. That's his message. He's, he's being obedient, right? Well, he's obeying the letter of the law, right? Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. 
Now look at verse 5. The people of Nineveh believed God's message. It's interesting. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and and I don't necessarily like how it's worded. The King James Version and other translations say, the people of Nineveh believed God. Like, Jonah's a knucklehead. But because he's finally being obedient and he's finally speaking the message of God, I don't believe he's doing it necessarily the right way, how he's communicating it, but God is like, you know what, I'll take it. And you can be assured that when you obey God and step out and do the things Joy was talking about that we need to do, you start obeying God, things will happen around you to go, really? That worked? They believed God's message. They believed God. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. Burlap, or maybe your translation says a sackcloth, right? What, what is that? Have you, have you ever seen a potato bag back in the day? P- potatoes would come in those great big, and it, it's, a, it's a really irritating like fabric. Like, like the, and and they, they would put this on as a show of repentance. The whole nation begins to repent because of this guy who was acid-washed from being in the belly of a fish, probably no hair, probably stinks. I mean, no matter how much you try to scrub himself, he probably still has an odor to him, and he just comes out, you know, proclaiming this message, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed, and they're all like, we believe God, (laughs) and they start repenting. It's crazy, right? When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes and he dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Listen, revival can come to our nation. Revival can come to our nation. Listen, the king goes, I think he goes a little far because verse eight, people and animals alike must wear garments of mourning. I mean, he's like, we really want to prove that we are repentant, right? We're even clothing our cows and our horses. These poor animals, right? It's in the Bible. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning. Everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet, God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. I, tell, I love this passage here. Second Chronicles verse seven, or chapter 7, verse 14, God is speaking to a nation, to the people of Israel. And he, he said this, he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, which means prioritize my presence, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. It starts with just God's people. It starts with us just doing what we need to do. Us being the people that God has called us to be. God sees what they had done and he, verse 10, when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Now this right here is a, this trips a lot of people up and there's whole theology, I mean, hour-long theology discussions about did God change his mind? What does it mean that God changed his mind? Listen, I, I don't even want to get in the weeds on that this morning. Here's the gist of the, th- the, the deal is when we pray, stuff powerful happens. Powerful things happen when we, when we pray. It shows the heart of God. And right here, the story could have ended. In fact, it would be nice if the book of Jonah ended right here. Wouldn't that just be a great ending to the book of Jonah? But Jonah's a knucklehead, just like we are. 
and there's more to the story. And God wanted more for Jonah, and he wants more for us. Here, here's the question that we have to answer, and we talked about this a little bit in the, in the previous weeks. Why did Jonah originally disobey God? Why did he originally not want to go to Nineveh? Was it because he was afraid for himself, afraid for his own safety, afraid of what they might do to him? No, actually, and we're going to get the, the answer to this question real quickly here. He was actually afraid that what just happened was going to happen. He didn't want to go to Nineveh and proclaim the word of God to Nineveh because he actually feared that they would turn from their sins and turn to God and God would spare them. And Jonah hated the Ninevites. He hated them. He wanted them to be judged. He didn't want to go and preach repentance. He was afraid they would repent. He was afraid that God would not consume them with fire and brimstone. And so look at the very next verse. We're now in chapter 4, verse 1. It's the very next verse. Chapter 3 was only 10 verses long. Verse 1 of chapter 4 says, This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. I was looking at the Hebrew of this because it, the English translations don't give us a good idea of what's going on because he, he became very angry. The, the Hebrew idea is that he gets pissed off. I mean, he's so, he is so angry. Are there people in your life that you hate? Anybody in your family that you hate? Any coworkers that you hate, an ex-wife or an ex-husband that you hate? Is there a people group that you hate? A, let, me, let me nudge you a little further. A political group yeah. that you hate? <laughs> Any political figures that you've never even met before, but you hate? Have you ever had a, a coworker who doesn't carry, their, maybe as a student in a class, a fellow student for, for our students in the room, or a coworker, that they don't, they don't carry their weight at all at work? And one day you come in and you find out that they got promoted. And you didn't. This, this is the feeling that Jonah has. And the issue is because Jonah doesn't believe that they deserved it. Oh, they repent for a few minutes? They put on sackcloth, they, they clothed their horses. Like really? And you're gonna, you're gonna change your mind? These people deserve what's coming their way. Like how could you not nuke them, God? See God, I know them better than you know them. Right? And they deserve it. So Jonah is ticked. I mean, I'm telling you, we don't even get the full weight. He is so angry. And who's he angry at? Who's he angry at? He's angry at God. So he complained to the Lord about it. You know, I'll just, if you're angry at God, just talk to him about it. He already knows you're angry. Just tell him about it. But you, I'm just going to tell you right now, you better be careful. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say, can you imagine the audacity though of what he's saying here? Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people.
I mean, this, this what's going on there? Like things that we would delight in, Jonah's like, I knew. I knew that's who you are. He's upset. Listen, he's upset at God's mercy. In fact, look, look at where his anger takes him. Verse three. I mean, this, this is the, I'm not making any of this up. This is in your Bible, I promise you. You should read your Bible. Look at where it takes him. Very next verse, verse three. Just kill me now, Lord. Seriously, Jonah's got issues, right? Hey, before we get too frustrated with Jonah, so do we. So do we. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. If you're not going to nuke these people, if fire and brimstone is not going to come down from the sky, I'd rather just be dead. Jesus said, 750 years after this, Jesus made a statement. We find this in Luke chapter 6. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And man, are we getting a full display of what is in Jonah's heart. What, it, what is in Jonah's heart? So this heart right here, this heart right here represents, represents Jonah. And what is in Jonah's heart? Oh, you're not supposed to go away yet. You stay right there. What is in Jonah's heart? This wasn't supposed to be this way, but it, this is fun. Austin, come here for a second. I do have a knife. Here, unroll this. What is it? What's it say? Show it to everybody. It says judgment. What? Show it to everybody. It says judgment. Oh, um, he said it says judgment. <laughs> so, so what is in, what is in, thank you, you can sit down. Austin is the man. What is in Jonah's heart? Wait, let's say it all together. What is in Jonah's heart? Here's the thing, I'm afraid that it's in our hearts. We, we can follow all the rules. Listen, Jonah, <laughs> Jonah was surrendered morally to God. He was willing to obey God's law, but he wasn't aligned with God's heart. And the problem with being surrendered to the, to the law of God is we can get really good at, at surrendering to the law of God. I pray every day. I read through the Bible every year. I use my turn signal, right? When I walk my dog, I pick up after my dog like I'm a good person. And when we are good people and we get better at being good people and we get gooder and gooder and gooder, I know it's not good grammar. Austin, you're the worst, you're the last person to lecture about grammar. You can't even read the word judgment, so I don't want to hear it from you. I love you. You know I love you. So here, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing is when we get gooder and gooder and gooder, we start to look down at pagans who don't use their turn signals, who don't vote like we do, and we begin to think how despicable they are, right? They, don't, they spend their money so wastefully they're not nearly on the same level as me. And this is what has happened to Jonah. 
Jonah, has, he is now living with this paradigm of judging. Listen, you can do all the right things and you can totally miss out on the heart of God. In fact, l- let, me just, let me just read it. We're gonna go over anyhow, so I might as well. Let me, let me read from 1 Corinthians 13. I just wanna read a few verses. Let this rock your boat for a second. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Listen, he keeps going, listen to this. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained. Listen, you, you can do all the right things and your heart still not be aligned with the heart of God. And this is what God is wanting from his people. Not just do we do the right things. God is wanting from his people that our hearts are aligned with his heart. And his heart breaks for the people around us. And until our hearts are broken for the brokenness around us, until we can love the people around us, we're not gonna be the solution. Let's keep going. Um, so the Lord replied, this, we're now in Jonah chapter four, verse four. Remember, Jonah just said, you know, just kill me now. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted isn't going to happen. And the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? I love that. I mean, God's like, is it, is it really okay for you to be angry right now, Jonah? Prophet of God, Jonah. Church member, Jonah. Is it, do you think it's appropriate for you to be angry at this moment? God had had, I mean, think about this. God had incredible mercy on Jonah, saving him from the belly of a fish. And now Jonah's the one like lecturing God about mercy. So Jonah doesn't answer God's question. If you read here, Jonah doesn't answer his question. He, what he does is he goes up on a hill that overlooks the city of Nineveh and he gets his little lawn chair and he sits on a lawn chair and this hill that overlooks the city of Nineveh and he just starts staring at the city. I think he's like trying to do the Superman thing where he can like shoot lasers through his eyes and maybe he can like destroy the city of Nineveh himself. He's so angry at God. So he's just, I'm just gonna go up on this hill. I'm gonna look at the city of Nineveh and I'm just gonna sit here and pout and wish God that somehow I could destroy the city of Nineveh. And so what happened, this is so crazy. God causes this like broom tree, this, this plant to grow supernaturally. It doesn't happen, like the, all the laws of horticulture go out the boat for a second. And so this plant quickly grows up and provides shade for him. So as he's sitting there in his lawn chair looking at the city, he's like, wow, this is kind of comfortable. This is really nice. This is really nice. He doesn't thank God for it, but he's just saying, oh, this is really nice. And then God does something. He sends a worm to come and start eating up the roots of this broom tree. You, you gotta read your Bible. This is, it's whacked, right? Like, I mean, it's crazy, this stuff. And so this worm starts eating the roots of this plant, and the plant, just as quickly as it had come up and would provide a shade for Jonah, now the thing dies, and Jonah's like, well, that stinks, right? And then God does what he does next. I mean, this is God just, to, I, I love, I, I think it's humorous. God then like turns up the heat. I'm not joking, like he sends a wind, it gets hotter, and now Jonah's like, 
man, this really stinks. I had this nice shady plant over me, and now it's dead, and now I'm getting hot, and I'm starting to sweat, and I don't like to sweat, and I really hate this, right? And we pick up in verse 9. We're, there's, we're only going to verse 11. There's only 11 verses in this chapter. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. You've you got to read your Bible. Verse 10, then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there? It came quickly and died quickly, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. I love that God adds in the animal part, right? God is so funny. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? We talked about what is in Jonah's heart. What is in God's heart? I'm not calling you up here, don't worry. <laughs> What's that? Who's going to come up? Joanna, you want to come up here? You want to help me with this one? I'm going to give you a harder word. This is really cool how this actually worked. Can you try the, what's that word, Joanna? You want to show it to everybody? What's it say? What's in the heart of God? What's in the heart of God? Mercy. Mercy. See, my heart's filled with judgment. God's heart is filled with mercy. You can sit down. You rock. Can you give her a hand? Thank you. Can I ask you, what's in your heart? What's in your heart? That's the end of Jonah. That's the end of the book of Jonah. We don't hear anything else about Jonah. We don't know how Jonah responded. We don't know what he did. It, it, literally, the Bible ends with there's 120,000 people in the city that I love and I care about. And Jonah, you're upset. I'm kind of upset right now too that my man of God follows the law, but his heart is so far out of alignment with my heart. Church, this is a warning for us on this 4th of July weekend. We want revival for our nation. We want a great awakening for our nation, but it's got to come out of a heart of love and a heart of mercy. And as soon as it's coming out of a heart of judgment, it's the wrong motivation. Our motivation has to be love. Our motivation has to be mercy. God, have mercy. God, have mercy. What's in your heart? Let's, let's take this from the macro to the micro. When you think of the people in your family, what's in your heart? When you think of your in-laws, mother-in-laws or sister-in-laws or brother-in-laws, what's in your heart? When you think about the place where you work, the people who work there, what's in your heart? I know we're on summer break, but students, what's in your heart for your classmates in school 
people that you rub shoulders with in the hallways. Guys, we need, a, we need hearts that are, we cannot be Jonah's. We cannot be Jonah's. We gotta have hearts that are filled with mercy and love and grace. And when our hearts begin to be in alignment with God's heart, watch out. Look at how God used a guy whose, whose heart wasn't in alignment with his. I mean, clearly. And God still used him. Imagine how God could use a man or a woman whose heart is in alignment with his. So would you bow your heads with me? In fact, would you stand? I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads for a moment. What's in your heart? If you say, Ken, I... I don't like what's in my heart. I'm doing all the right things, but my heart is not in alignment with the heart of God's. If that's you, I'm gonna ask you just to come to the front right now. All over this room, you say, Ken, I, I'm just being honest. My heart isn't fully in alignment with the heart of God's. I want my heart to be in alignment with his heart. I've had judgment in my heart. I've had wrong motivations in my heart. God, I, I, I want to have your heart. If this isn't you, just stay where you are and keep your eyes closed. And, but if that's you, you know what you need to respond. I want to have the heart of God. I want to have the heart of God. I want to have his heart. God, I want to have your heart. I recognize my heart. It hasn't been in alignment. I want to have your heart. Anybody else? I feel like, uh, I promise you I'm not making this up. Like in this moment, I just feel like God's saying, you want it, I'm gonna give it to you. You want it, I'm gonna give it to you. If anybody else out there, you're saying, I wanna have the heart of God, I'm telling you, come on up. God's gonna do something here. He's saying, if, you, if that's what you want, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give you my heart. Oh, God. I'm kneeling with you guys. I'm kneeling with you guys. I wanna I want have God's heart. We can do all the right things. If we don't have God's heart, it's gonna fall. It's gonna collapse. God, I wanna have your heart. Oh, God, break our hearts. Break our hearts, oh, God. Break our hearts. Rip out the things inside of our hearts that aren't in alignment with you. God, rip those things out of us. And put inside of us, God, your heart. Put inside love for others. Put inside of us humility. Put inside of us brokenness. Put inside of us mercy. Put inside of us, God, a love for those who are so different and drive us crazy. 
God, give us a love that we could never come up with ourselves. We could never manufacture it. God, it's coming from you. Listen, here's the problem with praying this. God's going to give us opportunities. <laughs> I promise you, before this day is over, you're going you're to rub shoulders with somebody and, and what is in your heart is going to start to come out of your mouth. You're going to start typing something in social media and God's going to say, I don't want that in your heart. <laughs> God, give us your heart. Give us your heart. Listen, God's mercy is so expansive, it's so great, it's so powerful. He loves us so much, and he doesn't just say it, he proves it. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus took upon himself the punishment that we deserve. He was put in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day, he busted through the wall of death. He, he, he compared himself to Jonah, actually, in his own words. He says, this is a sign of Jonah. He conquered death, proving that he has the power to conquer whatever you're facing. Proving that he has the power to change your heart and my heart. And so we pray to the crucified, risen, ascended, exalted Christ. Lord, have mercy. Thank you for your work in our lives. And may we live and walk for your glory. May you use us but God, don't just use us. Help us have the right motivations. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. God loves you guys so much. He loves you so much. Hey, before, before I go, a couple things. There's a, the things you hear me say every week. Connection cards, we got some, they're already back there, good looking greeters with the white buckets. By the way, some of you have been asking about those Axe cards, those yellow Axe cards. Those can go in those buckets as well if you filled one of those out, uh, if you've been doing that over the month of June. Um, or you, you still have next week to bring those in as well. Um, so thank you, thank you for taking care of that. We have prayer partners that are going to be available in the front as everybody is leaving. Hey, before you go, can I just say this over you? My heart is while we are gone, we have some incredible guest speakers. We're bringing back all of your favorites. They're going to be way better preachers than I am. Our services are going to be incredible. And so you want to come back. This is not the time to say, well, pastor's leaving for a month. I'm going to leave for a month. Like, I'm telling you, you want to be here for these services. Um, and here's my prayer. My prayer is that God is going to do something this month with me gone to just prove that Journey Church ain't about Kendi Chant. So don't, don't miss out. What we, we were tasting some things this morning that's just a hint of what God wants to do. And he's going to show that it's not about a person. It's not about a denomination. It is about him for his glory and for his honor. So don't you dare think about like skipping out on any of this and invite some people. Wouldn't it be great that at the end of July, like our church is 
more people coming to Jesus, more difference that we're making, we're serving our community through Serve Day, all of that stuff, like, I'd love for that to happen. So I'm done rambling. God bless you. Have a great and safe 4th of July. We love you guys. Parents, go get your kids to help our uh, workers back there. Appreciate you guys.